Hebrews. Appreciate you so much. Praise God. Appreciate the presence of the Lord above everything. God's mercy, God's goodness to us. I do appreciate my brothers and sisters. I do appreciate your prayers and your faithfulness. I've uh, Sister Daphne was talking about uh, what she expects, I guess, uh, from me. And I think it's important. You know, I, I think it would be ridiculous for me not to take responsibility. And I think there are certain things you expect a pastor to be. You expect a preacher to be. And uh, that's reasonable. Praise the Lord. But I believe God expects from all of us to be faithful. Amen. To do our part. Amen. And so we all need to just just do all we can to just be in him. Amen. In these last days. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today again. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. And God, for each one that's here right now, we just pray, God, that you would bless them and strengthen them through your word, God. Lord, I know sometimes the word as it is a two-edged sword. And Lord, it gets down into the heart through the thoughts and the intentions of our lives, God. But oh, all for the purpose, God, that we might be saved, that we might be just perfected in you, Lord. And we might be, Lord, equipped to do your word, will, fully, thoroughly furnished, God, unto your will, God. We love you. I pray, God, you just give us your strength tonight. Help everybody, Lord God, here tonight, Lord, to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12. Verse 25, Hebrews 12, 25, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. God's talking to you. Not, that's not me. I want to be a mouthpiece, the oracles, the Bible says, but we need to hear the spirit of God in it all. Amen. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth that the the removing of those things that are shaken as things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore? We receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. God bless you. You can be seated. A lot going on in these verses. We're going to take our time and have a little Bible study here for a while. But you can see... Some of you, I'm sure, maybe even if you don't understand just exactly what he is referencing, that there is a comparison of something that's already happened compared to what is happening now. There was a voice and a speaking before that we're comparing to what's happening now here on our day as well. And what Hebrews often does, it's it's take... It's, the writer, and obviously God through that writer, is comparing that old covenant and what Moses was putting forth through the commandments and through the law and showing that Jesus, our Savior, is so much better. And that what the law and the commandments could not do, 
that Jesus came and fulfilled through his death, burial, and resurrection. And subsequently applied through our turning to him in repentance, our burial in him in baptism in his name, and the infilling of his Holy Ghost. That now those laws, those commandments of stone are written on our hearts. And that through him we live them, praise God, in righteousness. One of the things that really gets my attention from these verses as we work our way to to a point here is that a lot of folks look at the Old Testament. They look at the law and they look at how God thundered from that mountain. And that's the first shaking that we're talking about. That when God gave the law and gave those commandments... That the that mountain quaked and they said, we are exceeding fearful. And, and when Moses came down out of that glorious presence of God, he just absorbed so much of that glory being in his presence that his face shone miraculously. And those, those Israelites that were there that should have been so excited about God and his will and his covenant with them said, hey, cover your face. We can't handle that. They were fearful. Of God, And it just really showed that the law was weak because of our flesh. That no matter how great that law was, we are still needing a Savior to change our hearts and to change our lives. But it talks about that shaking of the mountain and how the law came down and God spoke to those people through Moses. And it says that every word that his... He spoke, it said they could not escape, meaning judgment, when Moses spoke to them. If he told them, hey, here's what God said, and gave them the law that was on those, those tables of stone. And every word, if they would disobey or refuse or rebel, they would be judged by that. They could not escape judgment. There's an idea in this modern era that that was the old way. Now God's just so much kinder and gentler. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the idea here, really, if you would seem to ask a lot of so-called Christians and churches and preachers today and say, well, if they were not able to escape those, that judgment who refused him that spake on the earth or Moses... What about today? What about now that Jesus is, is risen and ascended into heaven and now speaks to our hearts and to our lives through the word of God? That now we don't have to have, to have a uh, veil between us and the presence of God. But now through the blood of Jesus, Hebrews says, we come boldly in our time of need to receive grace, amen, into the presence of God. What now that Jesus paid the price? What now that Jesus showed his love on the cross and died for our sins? What now in this New Testament time when we walk away from the will of God and the word of God? What now, praise God, does the Bible say? Well, if they escape not, verse 25 says, who refuse him to speak on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who's, that speaketh from heaven. The idea that they received judgment when they rejected Moses and rebelled against him. How much more when we tread on the blood of Jesus? How much more when God so loved the world and we turn our back to him? I'm so thankful for the mercy of God.
I'm so thankful for the grace of God. But don't ever be deceived and think that somehow that means we can just walk all over his word, walk all over his drawing and calling us and dealing with us and just escape because God just loves everybody. He loves everybody. Absolutely. But we cannot mock him. And think that we can just do our own thing and walk our own way and, and, and escape the judgment of God. The judgment of God is not an Old Testament idea. It's a Bible idea. The idea that God is angry because of sin every day, praise God, is not an Old Testament idea. This New Testament tells us our God is a consuming fire and that we ought to serve Him acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I want to tell you today, He is my friend. And what I said earlier about just sitting down and talking with Him like He is your friend, I mean every bit of it. Having a heart-to-heart talk with God oughtn't be an uncommon thing for us. We ought to be, feel comfortable in His presence, and we ought to open up our hearts like to Him like we can do with no one else. Amen. But yet not without reverence. Not without understanding that He is Almighty God, and He is King of Kings. Amen. To recognize that He is holy. To recognize that He is our our Father, amen, Amen. and our God. The Bible talks about that shaking of that mountain when the voice uh, spoke to them, when God thundered down and Moses went up into that glory. And it talks now about another shaking that's going to happen on the earth. Another shaking, I believe, that we're experiencing now, if you'll remember, some uh, many months ago, and this nation is going through some turmoil and some trouble, and, and I saw a lot of churches that were, were responding in fear, and even some Christians, that, that though we were uncertain, there should have been faith, and there was a lot of fear. And it got people uh, angry, and it got people kind of fighting against one another when we should have stood together and had faith, amen, like never before. And I, and I told you that's just a, a really a beginning, probably the first message that we preach when we start to enter in that time that we start talking about how God said there will be a shaking. Right. Amen. Amen. And our lives, God is going to allow things to be shaken in us. Right. He's going to bring us into a time where we are tested and we are tried. Let me tell you something that is very, very certain. Uh, I feel like the sister Becca was just right on the bullseye with what the Lord has laid on my heart tonight. And others of you, just just the faithfulness of God time and time again, no matter what, how hard it is or what you're going through, God's faithfulness over and over. God, God is faithful and God wants you saved. Yeah. Almighty God that is above all and, and, and he wants every one of us to make it. You, you don't have to fear. If you, you just keep your eyes on Him, keep your hand in His, you're gonna, you're gonna make it. Amen. He wants us to be saved. And He's gonna help us be saved. Amen. When we're at our weakest, when we're struggling our most, God's gonna be right there to enable us and empower us to keep on going. To keep on living. If we keep our eyes on Him. Amen. 
He wants us to be saved. He's going to help us be saved. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy for us, if I can say it that way. He allows some things to shake us. He allows some things to come into our lives and get our attention. Because the truth of the matter is, not everybody that calls themselves a Christian, not everybody that's saying that I'm, I, I'm on my way to heaven, truly has their focus in the right place. It is possible, hear me now, to be doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. It's possible to live a life looking like you are determined to make it to heaven. But without the right focus, without things really being focused on Him and loving Him and letting Him be the focus. Amen. What God will do is allow us to really, through the difficult times, examine ourselves. I've seen folks get angry. I've seen folks get upset and say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? You ought to thank God. He doesn't let you keep on going in the wrong direction. You ought to thank God. Stop for a while and say, okay, God, you got my attention. Okay, God, is there something that I'm missing? Is there something I'm turning a blind eye to? Is there something I'm ignoring? God's so merciful to help us be saved. Sadly, it is so easy for us to get distracted, to allow things to enter into our lives that that will pull us away from God and pull us away. And and God God will send His Word. God will speak to you through preaching, through through your Bible reading, through prayer. Whatever He'll get try to get your attention. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's it reminds me of praise God. I think it was Absalom who wanted Joab's attention. David's son wanted to get the general of the armies of David to come over and talk to him about some things. And Joab kept ignoring the call and kept saying, it kept, he, he, he'd say, come over, I, need, I, need, I have some business, I need, I need you to talk to you, I need to handle some things and and Joab just wouldn't respond, wouldn't respond, wouldn't respond. And one day Absalom said, you know what I'm going to do? He's got a barley field out there. He told some of his uh, his servants or fellow soldiers, he said, I want you to go over there and set his barley field on fire. Right. You know what happened? Joab comes a running. What are you doing? What are you doing? He said, you know what? Now I got your attention. Right. Now you want to talk. You didn't come when I just said, hey, I've got an invitation for you. You didn't come when I said, hey, I just want to have you over maybe for dinner and, and chat about some things. But yeah, I'll tell you, you came running now. You know, God loves us enough not to let us just be preoccupied when his Holy Ghost is trying to take us a little bit higher. We can get satisfied in certain ways that God's not satisfied with where we're at. I, I, I'm. Fearful for people that just continue to harden their heart and stiffen their neck against God. When he's saying, I'm just, I'm calling you and I'm patient with you. Praise the Lord. What does it say in, uh, in Matthew 15 verse eight, Jesus said, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, 
Sounds like good church. Sounds like revival. Can you imagine? A time like this. Or maybe even a time like when Jesus was riding triumphantly through the eastern gate, just like the Messiah was prophesied. And they're shouting, save us, save us, Hosanna. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, like the song we sang tonight. And they're saying everything just right, and they're laying their coats and the palm leaves out, and they're, they're making a, a, a royal to-do about Jesus. Was it in their hearts? Where were they when... He was at the trial just a few days later and they were scourging him. Where were the, where did anybody stand up and defend him when they were saying he's a sinner? He's an evil man. He's worthy of death. Did anybody stand up and say, Hosanna, he's the king. He's glory to God in the highest. No. Praise the Lord. He said, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So much of modern day worship, I've sometimes come across some things on online and just studying and seeing the modern church day as it is looking for good teaching, good preaching. And, and I see some things and I hear the preachers, I hear the pastors talking about about molding worship, conforming it to the world so that that people feel recognized and important and just ignoring the blood, ignoring the name of Jesus, even bringing in just secular music just because we want to reach the world. Hey, what about reaching up to heaven and worship being worship and not a concert that pleases us? Something that we're excited about. I'm, I'm all for talent and thank God for the talent we have and, and doing more and more for the glory of God. But what are we really interested in? Are we drawing near to God with our lips and our hearts being far from him? Praise the Lord. Uh, somebody was just telling me about a, a meeting that they went to and the, they, they had just elaborate lighting and the the preacher said i'm i'm all right with this lighting it's it's really good but you know if this church ever decides to throw some smoke machines that's crossing the line for me i'm i'll no longer have time for that we're not we're not looking to be theatrical we're looking to bring the glory what happened to the cloud of glory that can come down amen what happened to hearts that can just be humble and and broken. Why can't we get back to good old fashioned prayer meeting and humble brokenness and an altar of repentance? Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. The Bible is telling us that there will be shaking. Yes. There'll be things in our lives. And God's people know that we, we deal with troubles. John, the 16th chapter, a lot of times... This is what we think about when we think about shaking. We're going to look at two other instances in the Word of God. And, but John 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. For some people, sadly... Some Christians 
they think there are some contradictions in this Bible verse. I don't understand how you can say tribulation and also talk about peace and also talk about good cheer. Amen. See, when I'm going through hard times, when I'm going through battles, not me personally, but I'm speaking as that, that one some Christians might say, you know, I'm having it tough. You know, I, I'm not in a good mood. And I start treating my friends like they're, like it's their fault. And I start questioning God. And I, I, I start, start getting a bad attitude. Hey, Jesus said, you're gonna have tribulation. Say, oh God, why is this happening? Listen to me. He said it's not gonna be easy. Don't be shocked. What page of the Bible are you looking at where he said, you know what? If you just go ahead and start living for me, everything's gonna be easy. Did Daniel tell you that in the lion's den? Did Paul tell you that in the prison cell? Did Jesus show you that on the cross? Come on. Which one of the those that showed faith in Hebrews 11 said, by faith, they had it so easy. They believed God. They trusted God. And it was so easy. That's not a Bible memory verse. Right. <laughs> Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but in the world you'll have peace. Because your focus isn't on, on situations and circumstances. It's, it's on God. But wait a minute. He tells us to be a good cheer because he's overcome the world. So sometimes when that shaking comes, where it's not so easy, where trouble comes, you start realizing you can sit here in this service comfortable and tell me you have faith. I'm not going to refute that. Amen. You could testify and say, "I, I believe God more than ever before. God bless you. I hope you do. You don't have to prove anything to me or anybody else. But when things start shaking in your life and tribulation and trouble starts entering in and maybe praise the Lord. Now, do you have faith? You know, we quote it very often. If your faith fails in the day of adversity, well, then your strength is small. You can say in an easy day that I've got a lot of faith in God. I trust him so much doesn't take faith to say that. But when you're being shaken, you'll find out whether you have faith or not. Yes. Now the question is, will you be wise enough to say, I just learned something. I don't have as much faith as I thought I did. Right? right. right? That's the key. Yeah. That's, the, that's the practical lesson that we need that God is trying. He's not shaking and trying to say, ha, ha, see, you don't have faith. You said you had faith. You don't know. He's trying to say, see this? You keep saying you've got faith. You keep saying how strong you are. I allowed this in your life so you can know. It's not all that. Can you be humble enough to say, oh, God, you're right. I fall to pieces. I fall apart when things happen. I don't I don't have what it takes to get through a battle. I don't know what I'm going to do if it gets any harder. God, I need more faith. And we start praying for more faith. We start recognizing that the Bible says faith that cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we start doing something about it and start saying, you know what? I got to get more of the word in me. I've got to hear the word more. I've got to be more focused in the word so that faith can enter. I got to get some promises in me. Amen. That's wise. When you get shaken and you just say, oh, God, help me. And, 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 and you just barely make it another time. And you say, God, you've been so good. Wait, maybe God's helping you 
Get some things in your life that will remain and not cannot be shaken. So that the next time I I was sharing sharing with someone here recently about a very difficult time that we went through very uh very early in our marriage, just uh financial problems, job problems, health problems all at once, just as just about as big as I've ever had at that time. And just feeling like you're going to lose everything and feeling like everything that you were focused on and wanting to, to, to achieve at that time, it was going to be just completely taken away from you and not know where you're going to live if this doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, my wife is, is, is in pain and, and telling me she thinks she's going to die and, and all that all at once. And, and we prayed. And we prayed and we trusted God and God helped us. And I can't tell you, I wasn't scared, very scared, but but we leaned on God. Can I tell you what troubles and trials and difficulties after that? I can't say I've never been scared of what might happen, but it's been a lot. I've been able to lean on that. So, you know, what? God's going to help us. God's going to help us. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to help us. Times where I didn't feel like it, that, that I had the, the faith, but God is there. Amen. Yeah. And he helps us. Yeah. And when you go through that shaking and you realize I don't have the faith and God's saying, okay, here's a chance to get some faith. Right. Amen. Did you ever think about that? Right. Here's a chance to increase your faith. Right. Praise God. First John five. Verse two. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. You know, if you have a hard time, if you really are not just loving living for God, you're doing it wrong. If you really love God, you're going to love His ways. You're going to see God. God's will is is something blessed. And, you know, you're not going to like the children of Israel. We talked about the other day. They kept looking back to Egypt saying, oh, it was so much better back then. They they didn't have the right vision. When you really understand what God has done for you, you don't want to go back to that. God saved me. God rescued me. Don't look back to my old life and say, oh, you know what I could have done? You know what I could have been? Oh, if I only had a chance. He pulled me out of that filth. Bible talks about someone going back like a dog going back to its vomit. If you don't see that old life as God rescuing you, you from that kind of vile filth, you've, you, you don't really understand God's goodness. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I could keep on preaching about this, but I want to move on. I do believe the shaking. A lot of times we think about a shaking. We think about tribulation. We think about trials. We think about hard times that that make us think about our faith and consider are we really solid on the foundation and of faith. Amen. But I want to also remind you that the Bible says the way is narrow. Amen. Few there be that find it. And sometimes, as we read there in Matthew 15, 
he's looking at the multitudes. He's looking at the crowds and saying, this people draws nigh unto me with their lips and their heart is far from me. Talks about how they worship. There's another time where where they're following Jesus and they're they're, they're trying to find out where he is and and, and it just seems so amazing and, and and I'm sure the disciples were excited lord look at the crowds look at how how great this is and he says you know they follow me for the loaves and the fishes they're not following me before for who I am it's not that they love me they love what I can do for them how sad is that I think sometimes our shaking is not maybe the situation, circumstances that life brings our way, but sometimes it's the fact that living for God can sometimes be unpopular. Sometimes the truth of walking with Jesus, turning from sin, turning from old habits, turning from, from, from the weights of this world and turning from, from all that past and recognizing that not everybody's excited about just giving up on their past as much as you know it's necessary to have that new life. See, God's going to change you. I said God's going to change you. He's going to change you for the better. He's going to make you a better person. I love hearing the testimony sometimes of, oh, I'm so glad I'm not who I was. Uh, Not only what he took out of me, but what he changed me into. Amen. He's made me a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You ought to be rejoicing about that. The joy that God's put in you. The peace that God's given you. I'm so glad I'm not who I was. But sometimes... As Jesus has shown the way, sometimes we can be rejected by our friends. Sometimes the, the crowd, if you will, is saying, oh, it doesn't take all that. You don't need all that to just, just you know, God, God doesn't, doesn't care about all that. Just, just, just believe in him and, and say that you love him. But you re- recognize what we read before. He, he's, his commandments aren't grievous. But he'll change your life. He'll start sanctifying you. He'll work on you. And you'll see some things you'll be uncomfortable with. Some things that, that aren't going to be funny to you anymore. They're not going to be entertaining to you anymore. You're not going to relate to it anymore. Not saying you, you, you are, have an attitude that is holier than thou. You don't have an attitude that is arrogant or proud. But, but God has brought you out of darkness. God's brought, made something. And, and, and sometimes... Sometimes it can be so hurtful, so hard to deal with, and such a shaking when somebody around you that you you love, that you care about, they're not walking with you. You know, Jesus looked at his disciples at one time because he starts preaching about the blood and the importance of that blood that is shed and and all of a sudden it says many of them walked not with him from that point on. And they start walking out the door. Jesus looks at Peter and says, are you going to go too? He said, where can I go? You have the words of eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. I believe sometimes it's a shaking 
to realize, hey, sometimes it seems like you're walking alone. Oh, don't ever believe it, though. I'm telling you, there's God's got himself a people, and he always will have a people. Elijah kind of got himself in that situation where he was in a cave all by himself, and he said, I'm the only one. And he said, I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. But sometimes when you see people reject God, when you see them making mistakes, when you see people get hung up on the world, the things of the world, it can be difficult. It can be a shaking. And you have got to make up your mind, Lord, I love you more than I love anybody else. I love you more than I love my family. I love you more than I love my job. I love you more than I love my friends or my, 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 can I say my social circle? And if they all look at me and think they've, he's lost his mind. She's lost her mind. She, she doesn't understand. And you just keep walking with Jesus. It can be quite a shaking when truth is unpopular. Luke nine, verse 23. One more point in this we not only have a shaking of a shaking of the troubles and the trials of life a shaking of people friends family that sometimes persecute us you know what the bible says about that as you turn to luke 9 jesus said blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you And say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. He said rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Hey, you're living a life just like the prophets did. Doing it for God and God alone. Amen. In one place he said rejoice and leap for joy. When men hate you. When men revile you. It's a shaking sometimes. To think that your reputation is not just stellar in the eyes of those around you because you love Jesus. But it will focus you to say, just keep loving him. I'm going to keep serving him. Luke 9, verse 23. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Can I tell you, I left the... The toughest for last, I think, because there's situations, there's circumstances that are troublesome, trials that can be tragic. There's people and your reputation. But when you realize you've got to overcome this flesh, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily And follow me. Temptation. We need to recognize sometimes you love God. You love. You love him with all your heart and you want to make heaven your home. But that does not mean you're not vulnerable to temptation. Temptation is still called temptation because it's so tempting. And we can be tempted with the things of this world. We can be tempted to, to, to slow down, to give up, or to give in, or to compromise. But Jesus, and it can be such a shaking in our lives. Face some hard times. I remember a time in tears, talking to my wife years and years ago after 
just a few years of marriage and telling her that I, I, I hate I hate this flesh. I hate this this weakness that we have that that temptation can can tug at our hearts to fight against temptation. Sometimes it seems like nothing to tell somebody that's not who I am. I don't I can't go that way. But but when the devil tries to tug at your heart. And when it's things in your life that you say, I, I, I've got to deny myself some things that maybe at the time you want, but you know it's ungodly and it's sinful. That's temptation. And to say no to yourself is so contrary to everything in this world. To be able to say, you know what, God, you're sufficient for me. You're enough for me. Amen. When temptation is tempting you. To take up a cross doesn't seem like a, a, a great thing some days to say, I'm going to follow you, God, and I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to say no to the lust of the eyes, to the lust of the flesh, to the pride of life. Amen. And I'm going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not all in the feeling. It's not all in the sensationalism of, of the glory of God. Sometimes it's a battle just to say no. Amen. I'm going to deny myself. Paul said in one place that I, I, I don't want to preach to others and I myself become a castaway. So I've got to bring myself under subjection. Amen. Don't want to obey the lust of the flesh. Whosoever. Look what it says. Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? You got to be able to look in the mirror and recognize your own weakness, your own struggles, your own battles. Shaking, a shaking may come and temptation comes and makes you feel like I, I, I don't know. God, I'm at this crossroads. I've got to make a decision. You can fall on your knees and get the strength of God to do what's right. Fall on your knees and reach out to God and he'll help you overcome temptation. Romans six fifteen. This whole chapter is so good, but we don't want to spend a whole lot of time in it. Romans 6.15, what then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. This false idea, Jude calls it lascivious, calls it filthiness, spiritual uh, uh, filth. Amen. That we might. Have the grace of God and that allows us to not consider sin to be sinful. He said, God forbid. Amen. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You've got a choice to make now. Temptation is going to come your way. Am I going to obey the Lord who's in me and leading me and helping me be an overcomer? Hey, you can't call yourself an overcomer if you don't overcome. You can't call yourself a you can't call it victory if you haven't fought a battle and won. But 
the Bible says that we are going to obey or be servants of one or the other. We're either servants unto righteousness as we obey God or servants to sin unto death because that's the wages of sin. But it goes on and says, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. God said you're free of that. But I don't feel free. God said you're free. Where's your faith? That's where we walk by faith and not by sight. When temptation comes and the devil whispers in your, you're no different. You're the same you've always been. You still want that. You still, that still appeals to you. You still like that. And you say, you know what? I'm free from that. Because God said I'm free from that. I've turned from it. I've buried it. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not a slave to sin any longer. But temptation, that battle that you have can be a shaking. And just like trouble shakes you to say, hey, I need more faith, God. I need need to trust you more now than I ever have. and, and, And it's not enough. And just like a shaking sometimes where you see friends mock you or persecute you or, or, or say nasty, evil things about you just because of your faith and your love for God. And that shakes you. And you say, okay, God, I want to love you more than I love anybody else. That's the practical part of that shaking of persecution that you recognize, God, I'm in this for you. I'm not in this because anybody else is in church today. I'm not in this because any of my family is still loving God. I'm in this because I love you, God. Amen. And we get a shaking of temptation in our lives. And it makes us focus on the fact, God, are you the most important thing in my life? Do I love you more than I love my own self? More than I love my own desires and what's important. Are you the most important thing in my life? See, sometimes we can come to church and we can love the, the atmosphere and the friendliness. We can love the people and, and, and the preaching. Even, even love what we believe and, and being a part of a family. Praise God. But God can shake us sometimes even in that and say, but do you love me more than these? Am I number one? Do you love me more than anything else? Praise God. We get our focus so, we get so distracted from what we need to be focused on, which is Him. And when God allows shaking in our lives, when God loves, allows trouble in our lives, it's not that He's forsaken us. It's not that He's, he, He's, we're still the apple of His eye. We're still His focus. But He's trying to sometimes get our attention and, And make sure that we are built on that foundation. Because you know something? If you're just built on good times and everything being easy, it's not a firm foundation. You'll fall. Because trouble will come. If you're built on popular opinion, that changes constantly. You're built on pleasing people more than pleasing God. You'll be disappointed. People will let you down. If that's your foundation, and God needs to shake that foundation, it will be moved. But a foundation that's set on Jesus will never be moved. A foundation that's based on him, his word, his love, his his character and who he is will never be moved. And if your foundation is on you at your best and you have an easy way of it. 
you have in your way, that'll be moved too. You've got to be able to say, God, not my will. You're going to have to have an experience like Jesus did in Gethsemane, but thy will be done. It's a shaking. To be able to fight against, to come against and be confronted with your own will of what you want and say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. It'll get you on a foundation that cannot be moved. And that's what God allows in our lives. And as we get closer and closer to the end, there's going to be, there's going to be so many different things that we come across shakings in our lives greater and greater i believe but rest assured church if we build our foundation on god and allow each time we battle and we 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 persevere through it and consider god is my focus on you more now than ever i'm not just getting through the battle not just getting over it but god am i focused where i need to be focused on you That's why these shakings come. That's why these trials come. God, it's going to get me more and more focused on you. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I know, I know our our temptation so often is I want it to be easy, God. I want it to be convenient. But he said, take up your cross. Nothing easy or convenient about a cross, is there? Take it up. How, How often? Daily. But the exciting thing about a cross is it's right before a resurrection. There's victory in the cross. There's power in the cross. There's an accomplishment. When God brings you back to focus when you're drifting, when He allows that shaking in your life because you're losing focus, When you get closer to Him, you'll see that was better all along. You'll see you were missing out. That peace, that good cheer. It's because your focus is on Him. Come on, let's find a place to pray, church. Let's talk to the Lord. God, you're wonderful. God, you're wonderful. God, help us. Help us to consider, Lord. Help us to consider, Lord.
to get you focused right where it needs to be. Lord, you speak to somebody tonight, God. You talk to them. Lord, hallelujah. just to get back where they need to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Sisters, this last day we're living in God. Lord, hallelujah. So close to the finish line. So close to the end, God. Help us, God. Lord, through every trial, through every temptation, through every test, God, to be more and more built on that firm foundation. Loving you, Lord, focused on you more than ever. Thank you for friends, God. Thank you for faithful friends. But, oh, God, that my focus is on you. Lord, thank you for blessings. Thank you for, Lord, so many blessings. But, God, that my focus is on you, the giver of good gifts. Hallelujah. Church, I know the devil's fighting hard. I know we're in these last days. But God's got a purpose and a plan through your trial to help us to grow. Don't think you're past growing. I don't care how long you've been living for God. God's got more faith for you. God's got more work for you to do. Let Him get your attention. Give Him your attention. Let Him lead you to higher heights. God, we love you. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being so patient with us. Thank you, Lord, that you deal with us. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. God, we thank you for what you're doing in us, God, and our families. We just ask you, please, to help us, Lord, to have ears to hear what your Spirit would say. God, that you'd go with us now, Lord. Keep us in safety. Keep us in health, God. A hedge of protection around each one, each family, God. And, Lord, that you would shine through us in this last day, God. Let this world see, Lord, your glory shown through us, God. We love you. We thank you. We all pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.